Joined by my dude Andrew Kinsler making his fucking return. All right, and I'm excited that he's making his return because he's been gone in Utah for, for some shit for work, but he's here with me tonight, and we're gonna talk about this horrible Bulls game. I was hoping we were gonna be able to talk about a winner, goddammit, but we're not gonna be able to if talk about a loss. Kinsler, how are you doing, my man? We're back and we're better than ever, Buzz. Uh, it is great to be with you tonight. Obviously, you know, sucks that we are talking about a Bulls loss and a pretty pathetic Bulls loss at that. We were kind of talking about that a little bit off air. But um, either way, great to hear your beautiful voice. Uh, hope you had a great time at the game tonight. How was that? Oh, the game was awesome. So how this all came about is like, you know, me and Juice got a flex plan, right? So, you know, kind of like how Tony and Nani do for the Sox. We got a flex plan for the Bulls. And uh, my season ticket rep, Lauren, hit me up on Wednesday and asked if I wanted to go to the home opener. And I said, yeah, I'm down to go to the home opener. I'm like, where, where are we going to be at? And she told me, oh, you could either be on the 100 level or in the club level, you know, 200 level. I was like, man. I was like, you know what, dude? I was like, throw me in the 200 level. She's like, really? You don't want to sit? you know, by the court, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, no, throw me in the 200 level, I want to bring my wife and my daughter, you know, and it's just a lot more, you know, a lot less people in the 200 level, you know what I mean, so it's, it's you know, easier to get up with the baby. You're just a good dad, dude, you're just a good family man, that's a great move by you. Yeah, I try, I try to be, so we went, and we got to take our picture on the court today, uh, me, the baby, and my wife, Jamie, and uh, she got a cool little Benny the Bull doll, and, you know, a little, uh, what were those things called? Beanie Baby Bull things? Yeah. We got some That's ice awesome. cream. We got some fries. We sat down. She was in awe of the huge new scoreboard there at the United Center. And then we got our asses whipped. And Dad said at the end of the third quarter, get your asses up. We're going home because <laughs> I got to be up for tailgating at 5 o'clock in the morning for the Bears. So it's <laughs> time time yeah. to go. But Sounds yeah. like a... Sounds like a great game, other than the outcome, obviously. Uh, so we can get into that. So yeah, Bulls get embarrassed at home against the Raptors. Uh, I guess we could say the defending world champion Toronto Raptors. So that's fair. Uh, the final score: one hundred eight to eighty four in favor of the Raptors. Um, for for the first, you know, quarter or so, a little bit for most of the first half. It seemed like a pretty close game. The Bulls were kind of hanging with them. It was going back and forth a little bit. And then just things eventually got out of hands and got out of hand in favor of the Raptors. I, I, I don't know what you saw from the club level there. Well, yeah, so we were down eight going into the into halftime, right? It was 48 to 40, very low scoring first half for both ball clubs. Both of them are averaging in the upper tier of teams so far in the NBA. I believe the Bulls came into tonight averaging like 117 points a game and the Raptors were at 118 points a game, right? I know small sample size because they only had played two games before, but that's what they were doing. So going into half, you know, um, the Bulls kind of lost it there in the second quarter because they were up. They were up six in the second quarter. They lost it. Siakam and Lowry kind of went on a run there. OG Anubi, you know, he started doing his shit. 
And then local kid, Van Fleet, he was hitting some shots in that second quarter. So, you know, nonetheless, we go down uh, 48-40 and come out of the, the first half going into the third quarter, and the Bulls are absolutely shellacked. I mean, Serge Ibaka comes up big in that third quarter. Bulls end up uh, losing the third, 36-22. to Not great. Not, Not great, great Bob. Not great, um, Bob. So they absolutely and... shellacked. As I alluded to, they are the defending world champs. And a lot of people are saying, you know, Raptors aren't going to be as good as they were last year. Granted, that's pretty fair. But, uh, you know, obviously losing Kawhi Leonard. But they still have a very, very formidable squad. And especially matching up against our Bulls. um, I feel like they played a little bit of bully ball with us here. Uh, Especially inside when, you know, you... You just kind of look at like what Serge Ibaka did, especially whenever we had reserves in, such as Luke Cornett. Uh, it's been a point on previous balls on taps that not not the biggest Luke Cornett guys. I mean, granted, like he hasn't turned the needle one way or another. Um, me personally, from what I saw tonight and from the 16 minutes he had, I want those 16 minutes to go to Daniel Gafford, uh, our young second-rounder pick from this previous year. Uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are, and then after that, I'll I'll just kind of dive into that a little bit from the previous experience I have with Daniel Gafford myself. Well, I like I like Luke Cornett, right? Like I'm not like a big Luke Cornett homer, but I like what he can bring to a a squad of guys that can attack and get to the rim, such as Kobe White, Zach Levine. Um, you know, even Chris Dunn, when he when he's able to get into the paint, I like what he brings. He's a stretch center. He's stretch five. He can step out. He can hit the three. But if that three is not falling, he brings you absolutely nothing on the court. He does not bring you good. I mean, it's inadequate rebounding. He's bad. He's less than mediocre at rebounding. He's uh, less than mediocre on the defensive side of the ball. He can't play on ball defense. He has trouble switching. I mean, there's just a million different things that Luke can't do compared to what Daniel Gafford could do. And that's what you've seen happen a lot is that the Bulls perimeter defense is suffering because of this, because of the inside presence of defense. I know a lot of people are going to ask me what I mean by that, but this is exactly what I mean. So when you have somebody like Marc Gasol or Serge Ibaka or last night that uh, with Memphis when we were playing the Grizzlies, you saw with Jonas Valanciunas or Jaron Jackson Jr. You're sending a guard in there to go help mask someone's defensive insufficiencies, and that's leaving someone out on the perimeter open, which is why the Bulls are getting fucking killed from three-point range, you know, range. And then if they don't go help, if a guard doesn't peel or a forward doesn't go peel off and come help in the paint, it's points in the paint for the other team because we know that Lowry is a uh, not a great defender. He actually did play some pretty goddamn good defense on Siakam tonight. So, you know, hats off to him there. But when Wendell Carter Jr. finds himself in foul trouble, we're pretty much effed in the A against whoever the best big man on that team is. And, and that's what it comes down to. We need to get Gafford in because he's good on ball. He's good a rim protector. And... If Cornette's not hitting his shot, he's not bringing anything in again. Once again tonight, Cornette, 17 minutes, 2 for 9 from the field, 1 for 5 from downtown, 2 fucking rebounds, and 7 assists. And he finished uh, minus 1 in the plus minus. Yeah, exactly. And those are those are all great points that you brought up here. Uh, 
first off, I'll allude a little bit to the Lowry, Lowry marketing defense against, uh, you know, like a guy like Siakam, great player, probably one of the best players in the league. Uh, you know, young up and coming 25 year old player. Um, you know, he honestly, like Lowry gave him all that he had and, uh, Lowry did great in the season opener against the Hornets or whatever. But, you know, since then he, he, or even as opposed to last year, he doesn't seem like the same guy. Uh, he got jacked a little bit, seemed like he put on a little bit of muscle and he, uh, forgot how to shoot the basketball a little bit here. So, you know, at least tonight out of Lowry, only nine points, three for 10 from the field, one for four from deep. But, um, yeah, to get back to the point that we were talking about here with Luke Cornett, um, yeah, you said it greatly. If he's not hitting the three ball, he's really not a value add here. And, you know, tonight he went two for nine. Felt like even at times he was kind of forcing a few threes here, just trying to get going a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you know, like two for nine from the field overall, one for five from three. And, you know, at least me personally, you know, I just don't see what he has to offer here. I would prefer my backup center to, you know, have a little bit more strength there, like a Daniel Gafford. So a big body that can, you know, put a little bit of just put his body on a guy like, you know, a surge or a Marcus all, at least there was one point, I think it was the third quarter. Uh, Luke Cornett just got completely bodied by surge. That's just not, that's just not what you want there. But, um, especially from what I've seen out of Daniel Gafford from his college days. So, uh, as some of you may not know, I am a former Indiana Hoosier. I am an IU alum. I follow that basketball team religiously. And this past year, we had a game at Arkansas, which is Gafford's, you know, school that he came from uh, out of the draft. And uh, he just absolutely made us look stupid in a game this past year. I think he had something like 27 points, 12 rebounds uh, against pretty big bodies like, you know, like Deron Davis and Jawan Morgan, and that was as a sophomore. If, if if he came out of the draft as a freshman, he would have been a late lottery pick. A lot of people forget that. So we got some good value with him as a late, as, you know, a second-round pick. I think we should be, like, we should be using that to our advantage. We should be getting him some minutes, especially in a season where, you know, we, we do have playoff hopes to make it, but, you know, we aren't really going to be turning the needle in terms of the top of the standings per se right and again i you know i agree with everything you said you know when especially when we're struggling defensively you need to get a defensive body in there thad young is is an undersized four enough as it is he's an oversized three when you look at it right oversized three undersized four that's what thad young is so when you have a big body like serge Ibaka in there who's almost close to seven foot he's going to be able to shoot over you and that's what's going to happen um you know as far as gafford goes he looked pretty good in the preseason, he looked pretty good in summer league. I think he's going to be forcing the hand of Jim Boylan eventually here. You know, it's very early. It's three games into the season here. Um, but there's another guy, and a lot of people are probably going to laugh at this and, and come at me about this, which is absolutely fine. Get You know, let's do it. But Denzel Valentine, people are going to – he's going to – like, listen, the Bulls are shooting fucking horrible from three i mean tonight they shot 25.7 percent from three okay that can't happen they were nine for 35 
Dude, they're 29 of 100 on the year. They're shooting 29% from three on the year, dude. Awful. That's awful. That's very, very bad, coach. That's bad. So, so Bad. That's bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bad. <laughs> that's cool and tough when you say bad. Anyway. <laughs> They're going to be forcing the hand of Denzel Valentine, you know, or uh, Jim Boylan to play Valentine because that's what he offers. He offers spot-up shooting, but there's another problem here, and that's that he wasn't in great shape because he didn't play basketball for like 540-something days before preseason started because of his prior injury that kept him out all last year. Going to have to get your shooting down. I do not think that Lowry Markkinen is going to be down for long. I mean, this kid, I think he's going to be all right. I just think he's struggling finding his footing right now. Um, OPJ, I'm very concerned about. He looked like he was out of shape coming in to to the even preseason, even though he did have a couple flashes in preseason of being all right. But now it's regular season. He still looks winded like his legs aren't under him. Mm-hmm. That's some, And he got popped tonight pretty good. He was down for a few minutes there. Um, and then... I want to get into Zach Levine real quick, all right? And I am not going to run around in circles with this or anything, but I want to get your opinion on it real quick. Zach needs to stop the John Lucas the third treatment, and if people don't understand what the fuck I'm talking about, (laughs) it's dribble, 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 five on the clock, chuck it. That's got to stop. They need to set plays, and I think that Zach is a – I don't want to see him become a ball stopper because if he becomes a ball stopper, this offense will not be effective. He's got to buy in. He's got to move this goddamn ball. Exactly. I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, we 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 talked a little about that over text messages last night, just about you know Zach kind of trying to play a little bit of hero ball. You know, like granted he had a thank you for saying game. hero ball. That's exactly yeah. what. Yeah, that's it. No, so you know he had a great game when he when we played against the Grizzlies, right? But uh, tonight, yeah, pretty similar issues where, like we've said, try to play hero ball. It doesn't always need to just be him, you know? We can, obviously, obviously the goal is to run the offense through him, but it doesn't need to stop and start with him, you know? He can find opportunities for other players, like we've alluded to a little bit earlier, drive and dish, make something happen on offense, and then that'll even, if... If he's able to, you know, make things work where he's able to just, you know, like kind of like go through the lane a little bit, uh, that even creates more opportunities for him where, you know, you might see him maybe dish it out to a guy like Lowry. Like we said, he's not always going to be cold from shooting. He's eventually going to get hot. So that's going to be a threat. And then that might open up the lane for Zach a little bit more moving forward. So, yeah, I think he needs to kind of maybe look for some of his teammates a little bit more. But, you know, it's early. We'll see if that happens. Um, you know, obviously we're three games in here. Not too worried about anything. But, uh, yeah, that is a as one thing that I, I think all of us Bulls fans here can a- agree on that needs to, you know, change. It's, it's something that's not sustainable for this whole season. And, if this continues to happen, it's going to be a long year for us. It's not going to be fun for us to watch. We're going to, you know, go significantly below our expectations here. So um, I like your point on that. And then also to kind of go back to your Denzel Valentine point, I don't hate that take either. You know, 
Oh, but believe me, you, you are going to see me be, get attacked. Oh. <laughs> you know, like, people me, do not like that cat. Me and you can die on that hill together. Granted, you know, he's he's not my favorite dude to ever rock a Chicago Bull jersey, granted. But, um, I mean, he's got a decent shot. He can make things happen, especially, like we've said, when Otto kind of needs to get his legs underneath him a little bit, get some more get a little bit more action until he's, you know, fully in game shape, you know, pretty decent guy to play the backup three. I think when things went wrong with Valentine in the past, he was usually starting and playing significant minutes and had pretty high expectations on him. If he comes in a role where, you know, maybe he's like the ninth or 10th man here and not a whole lot of expectations here, he, he can really make things happen especially with a lot of guys, like we've said, that can uh, attack the rim. You know, guys like Kobe, guys like Zach, that can dish that ball out to him and get him open looks. Um, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it'd be the worst thing to give him more minutes. It's just a little bit tough to fit him in here with um, the current situation that we have here. You know, someone's got to play less minutes, whether that's, you know, Arch, you know, like I guess whether that lineup of, you know, Dunn, Kobe, Arch, you know, that just stops or whatever. It's severely undersized. And, yeah. you know, uh, the thing about that lineup, again, they're severely undersized. But this is where I go with this. You know, you have Chandler Hutchison coming back, right? Eventually, I hope. And he's another first-round draft pick, right? You have Denzel Valentine, who is ready and available to play, who's a first-round draft pick. You have two undrafted motherfuckers playing above these guys in the rotation in Shaq Harrison, Ryan Archie Diacono. I like Archie, all right? Like, he's not a, ba- he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad ball player. But on a championship team and on a deep playoff team, he does not crack your fucking rotation. Right. We do, Granted, we don't have that right now. I, I wish we were talking. Well, I, you know, I like think... <laughs> I, well, like I said, I think... Uh, a six to eight seed is definitely possible this year. And I even, and I know this is going to sound horrible about Archie. And like I said, I like Archie. I like that he's on the team. I like the gritness. I love the blue collar. Everybody talks about, he is no motherfucking Kirk Heinrich. All right. <laughs> you no, know, he's never. a, he's a decent player when you're in trouble. So fun to watch on a team that we have right now, especially last right. season where it's like, we didn't have a lot of shit going for us. No, we were and, pretty bad. That's just a disrespect to Kirk Heinrich, my favorite bull of all time. My favorite bull of all time besides MJ. Should be a coach somewhere, uh, hopefully with the Bulls, maybe like an assistant coach. I, He's just a – he's everything. Shout out Kirk if you're listening. Captain Kirk. Probably not, but – Captain Kirky, baby. We love you. We are a pro Kirk Heinrich podcast here. Absolutely. Well, uh, fucking Goose, once Goose hops on here, Bulls scripted, he's going to yell at both of us because he does not, he's not a Kirky guy. But no. that that that's okay, you know. Fair. Can't fix you can't fix stupid. No offense. No, I love you, buddy. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> so you know, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of questions to answer. You know, moving in. But again, just like you said, bud, it's the third game of the year. Not gonna kill ourselves on this. We're not. We're gonna. You know, hopefully, watch some adjustments be made by Jim Boylan. Maybe he could do something differently. But I mean, I, other than that, I have nothing else for this game. I mean, this game was just bad across the board. Two uh, scores in double digits. That was Wendell and Zach, and they 
everybody except one person, which is ironically the one person that we were just talking about. Everybody on the team finished negative in the plus minus except Ryan Archie Diacono, (laughs) who was a plus one in the plus minus tonight. Huge plus one. Yeah, Yeah, huge plus one. So our next game will be against the New York Knicks, who are 0-3 with a very, very poorly constructed roster. And I mean, they, they really do have a pretty bad, I mean, they paid a lot of bigs and I still don't understand why they did that. Um, but who the fuck knows this game is in New York at Madison square garden tip off is at 6 PM central time. This is Monday. So let's get into this game. What do you want to see the bulls do differently to pick up a dub dub here? Well, so I guess I'll start with at least through these first five games, pretty easy, pretty easy schedule. I was hoping, you know, maybe coming out of these first five games, we would be, you know, maybe four and one, but right now we sit at one and two. So, uh, this is a game that we for sure need to win. And just, you know, like we said, the New York Knicks kind of trash, not great. Um, so we for sure need to give it to them, but, uh, yeah, I mean the bulls plain and simple need to shoot the three ball a, a little bit better. Three has not been working lately. Uh, you know, and, it's not for the lack of shooters that we have. You know, we we have plenty of capable shooters on this roster. You know, if you look at guys like Kobe White, Zach Levine, like we've said, Lowry Markinen, uh, I guess a little bit sore from hitting the gym, getting all jacked and all that. Um, swole. Yeah, I mean, he's swole. Granted that, and it's helped his inside game, but uh, wow, he, he's so far forgotten how to shoot. So uh, I'm looking for Lowry Markinen to find that shot. Um, I especially, you know, like these matchups he's going to be having. He'll probably be going up against guys like, you know, either Julius Randle or probably Marcus Morris, I'd say. Uh, But, you know, I think he can kind of take advantage of those guys, get some open looks. And um, I mean, that's what kind of needs to happen moving forward. Um, It'll be fun to, you know, play against some of these old guys here. You know, some guys like Taj, uh, Hopefully Bobby Portis doesn't punch anyone in the face. <laughs> That's uh, I think if even if we lose and we get out of there without any black eyes due to Bobby Portis, I think we can consider that somewhat of it a win. And um, was I out of my mind or is David Nawaba on the Knicks as well? I could have sworn he was. I didn't hear what you, did you say. Was David Nawaba on the Knicks? Yeah. I don't see David Nwaba's name. He didn't Not play on ESPN. tonight. He I thought so, but um, he yeah. Didn't play tonight. If yes, if so, you know, he was a fun little guy that we had back in the day. But uh, that that as well as just the fact that you know it'll be fun to watch a guy like he's on Brooklyn, so you were in the right state. Yeah. Okay. So I was looking at the box score of that game the other night. Uh, the Knicks and Nets did play each other. So okay, fair. Um, anyway. Beyond that, uh, you know, cool to watch a guy like R.J. Barrett go to work. Uh, you know, so far, a few uh, in a few games here, he's you know averaging eighteen and a half points. Looks like the guy that who's expected to be out of Duke uh, should face a pretty formidable challenge for us. But uh, you know, pretty much like I said earlier, in a roundabout way, it's going to come down to our shooting. We got to figure out the shot. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, so going into Monday's game against the Knicks, I I mean, it's pretty much plain and simple for me. Hit hit the goddamn three, and this is a really good chance 
for them to not die by the long ball. Because even in the first couple games against Charlotte and in Memphis, like I pointed out earlier in the podcast, how bad we struggled guarding perimeter players, that no one on this Knicks starting lineup scares the shit out of me besides R.J. Barrett behind the three-point line. I'm not scared of anybody. No one. Dennis Smith Jr. fell off a fucking cliff. I don't know what happened to that kid. I, I really don't. But he lost his starting job to Alfred Payton, for God's sake. All right? So. And that dude... Can't shoot beyond the free throw line. So yeah, I mean, somehow, somehow he went two for three tonight. I don't know how, but yeah. I mean, that was just you know that yeah. Every every once in a while, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut. But as far Frozen as go- clocks, right, two times a day. Yeah, exactly. So moving into this game on on Monday, I really hope the Bulls they won't die by the long ball. But it's kind of a similar thing. Like they're very big. You know what I'm saying? Like the the Knicks are big. I mean. You have Marcus Morris Sr. playing fucking small forward here, you know. You Then you have Mitchell Robinson as your center. He's about a 6'11", 7 foot right in there. And then you have Julius Randle as your power forward. Then you have R.J. Barrett playing your two. He's he's a big kid. He's Plenty not, of size. Yeah, he's yeah. playing small forward for a lot of other teams. Right, and then you have Alfred Payton So in, in this starting lineup. So the Bulls' size is going to be challenged here, but they're not going to die by the long ball. So here comes exactly what you were saying earlier interior defense throwing Cornette out there and him getting eaten up by you know Randall or Robinson is not going to be good not going to happen so that's why I I think it could be this could be a Daniel Gafford game I was about to say I was about to say thank you very much for that buzz uh I think it's going to be possibly the coming out game for Daniel Gafford I guess we'll see what happens but don't like Luke Cornett going up against his old team. Granted, yeah, he was with the Knicks. He was up and down between the Knicks regular roster and the D-League roster last year. Uh, or I guess now we're calling it G-League. Yeah, the G-League uh, is the Gatorade League now or something. Yeah. Well, if if he can't even stick in the NBA and he's going to the Gatorade League, as you'd say, <laughs> uh, for the Knicks, a team that's, you know, continual laughing stock you know even worse than kind of what we've had going on here uh you know i don't think that's the proper homecoming for him i think uh i think we're gonna see what happened with him against you know guys like valentunas the other day and a guy like surge completely dunking on his face tonight uh getting dunked on is lame and weak kins it is it's super lame and weak so i don't want that to happen I don't want that to happen to him. You know, I I want it to, you know, if he plays, be in a little bit of garbage time, maybe shoot a three. Uh, I don't want it to be meaningful minutes like tonight and, you know, like getting dunked on by a guy like, you know, fucking who even knows, dude. Uh, While you just see Taj dunking his fucking Julia, face. Well, yeah, I don't want Taj. Or Bobby. You know, like flashes of that dunk on Wade. Granted, we talked about this off air. Uh, I was at that game. I was one of the best sporting events I've ever been to. Shout out Taj. Always love you. But yeah, uh, you know, guy like him, guy like Mitchell Robinson, just making him look weak and lame. Uh, and weak and lame isn't cool. (laughs) Yeah, dude, we don't want the identity of the Bulls to be weak and lame. So, uh, yeah, hopefully Daniel Gaffer gets in there, gets in the nitty gritty, starts banging bodies in there. And, uh, I think that's a big key to success for this team for this game moving forward as well 
So um, you kind of hinted on your switch to click being Lowry marketing. You think he picks it back up here on Monday? You know, I would like to think so. Um, I I would love to take him as my switch to click. I think I think he will have a big game, granted, but uh, I think my switch to click will be Zach Levine. I think uh, he kind of goes to work on the rookie, RJ, like we said. Um, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I just love the way that Zach can operate when he's, you know, not as much of a ball stopper as we've said. If he stays within his rights, stays within what, you know, he's capable of and just doesn't try to go beyond that, um, you know, he's a player that's capable of really great things. So, uh, you know, I I think I'm going with Zach for my switch to click. But, you know, I think the major key here for a Bulls dub and a big Bulls dub, which – you know, I want them to beat the crap out of these Knicks, especially after seeing these. Yeah, I want a goddamn blowout. Yeah, I mean, like, we saw close games the first few nights, whereas, you know, in that Hornets game, they should have won that. They were they were up late, and then, you know, barely squeaking by the Grizzlies. Um, I want to see a blowout. I, I want it to be a decisive, it's not necessarily a coming out party. I don't think you can call it a coming out party when you're playing the Knicks. No, but, you can't, no. <laughs> but, you know... Big game where they just look great. They're clicking on all cylinders. Beating I a team you're supposed to beat. Exactly. And beating them handily. Exactly. I, th- I think I need a game where they're clicking on all cylinders. I think this is a great opportunity for that. And then, you know, with how things are shaping out two and two, things could be worse. So uh, that's so that goes to my switch to click. What are you thinking? I'm going to go Kobe White. And the reason I'm going to say Kobe White is because he did have a pretty not great game today, Bob. He went 3 for 14 from the field, 0 for 4 from downtown. He did hit both of his free throws that he attempted. He had six boards, one assist, two steals, three turnovers, two personal fouls, finished uh, minus six in the plus minus, and he had eight points. Um, I'm going to go Kobe White. And the reason I'm going to go Kobe White is, uh, you know, Alfred Payton is not a bad defensive guard. He's got some size to him. But, uh, you know, obviously Sadoransky's going to be, you know, tasked probably guarding him. Or he might get RJ. I mean, I guess we'll have to see on Monday how that actually does go. But looking at bench point guard matchups, if they do not play Frank Nicolini, I, I always try saying his last name. I can't do it. So Nicolini, <laughs> no, like, uh, yeah, whatever, uh, man. I respect yeah. you. You're decent. He's a good defender. But if they don't play him because he's been getting no minutes so far and they play Dennis Smith Jr., Kobe White's going to fuck that kid up. And I'm just yep. telling you, I mean, he's going to fuck that kid up off the bench. He will. And he will. that's where you say, like, when you want to see them beat them handily, I think our starting lineup is way better than their starting lineup, and I think our bench is. But that's what yep. takes it uh, a defeat of a game that you're supposed to win into a complete blowout off your bench. And I think that you're going to see Kobe White take advantage of Dennis Smith Jr. and anybody else who the Knicks can throw possibly throw at him to guard. I think that... They're going to come out and score a lot of points. I think the Bulls are probably going to score over 115 points here on Monday. And, yep, I think and, that's uh, very possible as well. That's where um, I'm at with it, man. Yeah, no, I could totally see that happening as well. Uh, like you said, Kobe was not at his best tonight, but the other night against the Grizzlies, uh, especially going toe to toe with Job ja, ja Morant, he looked like <laughs> he looked like the rookie point guard with uh, you know more talk around him as opposed to Ja. You know, everyone's been talking about Ja Morant, you know, best point guard in the draft, and, you know, probably will be, but... Uh, Maybe. Either Maybe. either way, either way, Kobe, uh, 
I would say Kobe took his lunch money there day. He uh, he kind of stole the show in that, and you know maybe going toe to toe with another big time rookie, maybe a, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder here with Kobe. Uh, see what happens here. But yeah, I do like that matchup. I do think that he could you know unless Frank Nitalika, whatever we're gonna call it. Uh, Unless he gets a lot of tick, uh, it's like Nick Lina or something like that. I just can't uh, say. Dude, it. Yeah. who knows? Who who I, cares? He's on the Knicks. I've no been one, I've been drinking. No one cares about the Knicks. Yeah, I've been I've been drinking. Same. Uh, but I, I do want to say one thing real quick. You know how you said like you know the Kobe White he's getting up for a rookie. That's what I said the other night. Uh, I, I think I said it off air, but I <laughs> I was telling Keith Goose bull scripted whatever you want to call him. Uh, Kobe showed him strength of schedule because I'm a true believer that in college basketball, the strength of schedule and the fact that John Morant was in the negatives both years that he attended Murray State and Kobe White in his one freshman year was like, I mean, his strength of schedule was pretty hard. You know, obviously, he's at North Carolina. Yeah. But I think uh, I think that Ja was vastly, vastly overrated coming out A little out of bit, college. granted that. We get into it all night, but uh, yeah, we won't do we won't do it on this pod. We're, yeah. But one of them, but one of them, we will. We'll spend a lot of time on it. But yeah, because I mean that one tournament game against Marquette, that one first round game, five against twelve. He looked very good there. Granted, you know what, what whenever they lost, I forget where that was. Uh, kind of fell off a little bit, but yeah, no strength of schedule for sure matters. You know, especially a guy like Kobe White playing against these. Very powerhouse teams, you know. You got like the Dukes, you got the Virginias, all that, all that good stuff. Very strong non-conference schedules as well. Um, I think that does play a factor, and I think he's getting up for these big games. Uh, so you know, hopefully we see that for the Knicks. Hopefully, next time we chat, we're talking about a Bulls W. Absolutely, man. So be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Checking out Bulls on Tap here, following us on Twitter, at Bulls on Tap, following at OnTap Sportsnet, following me at Buzz on Tap, and then following at Akins25, right? Uh, yeah, I switched it up a little bit. Oh, you uh, did? Let me see it. Yeah, I, I did, yeah, because I went from, you know, the normal name to that, I think. Here, let me see. It is... It's Akins25. Yep. I was right. At Akins25, yep. You oh, look at that. that. That's go. that's fucking impressive. That's that's impressive. That's but, the on tap difference here. Know your personnel. Hey, hey, uh, KYP the baby. KYP the baby. Moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Kins, thanks for joining me here tonight, man. Uh, let's hope the Bulls pick up a dub on Monday. Bear down for uh, tomorrow. If people are listening to this, which is, will be Sunday, you know, hopefully the Bears win today, and uh, we'll go from there. But thanks for joining me, man. And we'll be back uh, on Monday. Buzz, the pleasure was all mine. Uh, great talking with you. Unfortunately, it was about a loss. I'm sure we'll get some of these wins here moving forward. Exciting time for the Bulls. And like you said, bear down. Let's beat those Bulls. Hell yeah. Dude.